The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. Welcome to the RPG After Years, your weekly show covering all things RPGs from the past, present, and future. I'm Scott. I'm Rich. This is episode 70, and today we'll be completing the review of our latest and greatest RPG club game. We're talking about Square Enix's 2016 PlayStation 4 spinoff. It's a world of Final Fantasy. I love the enthusiasm. Just for you. So, uh, I guess before we jump in, we need to just go over our quick, you know, normal save state of the podcast shit that we always do at the beginning. What the honk? Okay. RPG Club. You haven't been cheating and playing ahead, have you, Rich? No, I have not. Papa Scott, I have not. <laughs> okay. Um, so, the current game is Secret of Mana. The checkpoint is to finish the Underground Palace, and that is due Sunday, July 11th. I uh I picked the game back up this morning actually. I uh I just finished the I got the sprite. The the little fairy boy thing, the second key. Oh, the, yeah. Okay. Okay, I got you saying. I was like, "Wait, you got the what?" Yeah. So I'm supposed to be heading into the, like the witch forest or something next, so Yes. How much longer do you would you say I have in this section? About 2 hours. Okay. Maybe maybe a little more than that. Now, when you get to the witch section, um just give you a heads up be what level are you now uh i don't actually remember okay be at least 12 12 or 13 okay i'll double check that because you'll have a little bit of a a rough spot like kind of like a mini boss battle and if you're not careful you get like jacked really quickly and you get pinched in a corner and you die okay just so you know yeah the boss battle so far i've only i mean i've only had seen a couple of them but they felt kind of unfair to me or at least very slow paced uh, rough unfairs in your advantage or their advantage? Their advantage. Like, yeah, it, it gets <laughs> it feels, rough. It feels like you can't dodge the attacks to save your life. And it's just, it's like a hit and run type technique almost like stab it, run away, stab it, run away, you know? Yeah, that's basically it. Prison, prison yard rules, stab and run. <laughs> there you go. 
Um, so next week we will be doing our first uh, RPG Club segment on Secret of Mana. So look forward to that. And spoiler alert: Jay should also be back on that episode. Finally, yeah, the prodigal, the prodigal podcaster, our long lost, forlorn podcasting brother. <laughs> yes. Another thing that's going on right now: hashtag JRPG July. Again, if this is a community event where everybody plays through the different RPGs, it's just like a it's like a commitment to get through or try to get through a JRPG. Um, we all have different games. We're taking a little bit lower the key this year than last year. But I will say that Bill has started a Twitter poll out there uh, for everybody that's supposed to determine like the best Final Fantasy character theme. So you can find that on our Twitter. That's at RPG Years. And I think you all are terrible because some very questionable results are coming out of that so far. So Yeah, I'm seeing <laughs> some of that. I think we need to have a discussion, everybody. Well, it's just that I think a lot of people are voting based on the character rather than the actual music or just overall nostalgia in general. But you know what theme's the best? What's that? What do you think? Snow. Snow's is a really good one. Like, I, I may not like the character, but his theme is a banger. So, yeah, that's why I like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's it for that. Just everybody participate. JRPG yeah, July. Good times. Yes, good times. All right, so real quick, we're going to kind of go over a little bit of the RPGs being released in the last week and, and coming up. So we only have one, which is Yeast 9 Monstrum Nox. Uh, Switch slash PC, uh, July 6th. So that just happened up today. We're actually recording on the day that released in North America. Uh, go for it. Yeah. Um, are you going to pick this up, Rich? I may have asked you already. Yes. Yeah, I am picking it up this weekend. Okay, cool. Um, as far as the RPGs releasing this coming week, East Nine is also coming to uh, Switch and PC in Europe on July 9th. So they had to wait a few more days. Haha. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin. That's coming to Switch and PC on July 9th. I, I don't know. Like I saw some trailers and it looks tempting. It looks like it might be good. Yes, um, it does. Sword of Legends Online coming to PC July 9th as well. And then the mobile version of Trials of Mana is coming on July 15th. So there's a lot going on. I didn't know that was coming out. I didn't either. <laughs> the, the Mana stuff is coming out of the woodworks lately, appropriately like enough. Hard. Yeah. But that's all the uh, the housekeeping we got to do this week. So, Rich, you ready to step back into that uh, review? Let's, let's do this honking thing. What the honk? All right. So last time we got through maybe about two thirds, three fourths of the story and the episode was going long. So we had to cut it off there, but we will be finishing off the story today and then we will get to uh, our gameplay discussion as well as our ratings. So it's going to be a a full episode and let's see what last time, where did we leave off last time? Well, it's chapter 18. Yes. (laughs) So I think they had just gotten all the keys and the staircase to the crystal tower had appeared correct where, exactly yep. where we left off so yeah yuna got jacked and yes. uh titus took off running after her yeah and so everybody can go listen to that episode 69 nice from last week um but we're gonna jump right back in here exactly where we stopped so kick us off rich all right chapter 19 the other nine wood hills very dramatic reading guys so lon and rain arrived in the alternate 
ruined version nine wood hills. So you kind of get there and you first, when you step in, it is very reminiscent of, you know, what you've been dealing with in the past um, 18 chapters. So we're not really sure. Do they ever really go over the reason why this place looks so jacked up? I don't why there's an did. alternate nine yeah. wood hills. My theory, it probably did say it somewhere or like in a data log or something, but I, I figured it was probably in a crow created the alternate nine one hills as like a like a time, like stuck in time from when before it got destroyed or whatever. Okay, that um, makes kind of a little bit of sense. That's just my th- pet theory. So they get there above you know the tower and stuff they the, the base of it they're actually getting ready to go in and they're stopped by Terra who is not in control of herself content just like Final Fantasy 6 um she is riding on top of a magitech right yes. i believe so yep uh, so she summons modwin and boss fight ensues so obviously you're going to be fighting her i did not have any trouble with this i don't remember having trouble no i kind of steamrolled past it um, she falls unconscious and the twins enter the tower. So she just lays there. Um, not really sure why she's all, you know, freaked out and having emotional problems. Um, when she gets knocked out, she wakes up or no, um, she's still unconscious, but the golden mass knight appears and takes her. So for some reason, the twins did the golden mass, uh, knights dirty work for him and just, he just took her. Yeah. I, that's really it. I, I, you go up the tower. I know we get a little bit more of Tara later uh, in the, in the, in the story, but this, this part, I was like, that was pointless, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like they needed another summoner or something. I don't know. And then uh, they're like, well, I guess she'll be all right. And they just leave her behind. I was like, okay, kind of, yeah, kind of a dick move, but <laughs> yeah. Why would they do that? Just, you know, beat her up and then just leave her. And then, and then this dungeon, the crystal tower is terrible. <laughs> I hate it. I did not like this thing. It was a pain in the ass. Have to go up this thing, release the t- elemental barriers. You, like when you get up to the top and all this stuff's going on and then you're like, okay, now what? I had a couple times to keep going back up and down this tower to figure out what the hell I had to do. There's no direction. Mm-hmm. So eventually I figured it out and had to kind of go up or had to go down one level, release it, go up do something, go back down, like up and down a couple times. It's very monotonous and kind of easy to get turned around. Oh yeah. It happened a lot. Especially so. if you're going for like the, the Murkrift and the secret area here, it's like, you got to go all the way back down at one point or something like that. And it's just like, Oh my God. Uh, it's precious. You think I did that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not do that. <laughs> I know. Okay. But Extra then you get stuff. to chapter 20, the crimson prophecies end. And this is where the plot decides it's going to actually start happening. Finally. There's a plot? Yeah, right? So they arrive at this giant mystical uh, gate. Uh, it looks like a, a portal from like a sci-fi thing or something. And it's called the Ultima Gate. And apparently Rain like faintly remembers this ship. And that's when uh, Brandalus arrives and announces and like introduces himself. He's the leader of, you know, the evil Bahamutian Federation. But he's also like an ancient evil that their mother fought a long time ago. And uh, did, did you get any like ominous feel from this dude? Like the whole time, each bad guy we face in Final Fantasy, you get this feel of like, okay, this dude absorbs and he basically leaks evil. This guy, I'm just like, this guy's kind of a bitch. I like his design, but yeah. it's, he's mostly forgettable. Yeah. Um, 
but here's here's this actually made me laugh. I wasn't intimidated by him because I was too busy laughing at this. Um, <laughs> the you know how like every time a main character or any character really comes on screen, like the camera like freezes and it does like a little text blur to introduce the character like this. It just puts their yeah. name there. It did that for Brandalus here. And this is the main villain. <laughs> so we're just now meeting the main villain in chapter 20. I know we had one or two like cutscenes with him earlier in the game, but it just like, it was like, really? <laughs> yeah. It's just dumb. Yeah. Great storytelling. Yeah. So at this point, uh, you do fight Brandless and defeat him. And then the mysterious masked woman, who we again haven't seen for who knows how long, she appears and tells them that they have to open the gate to free their mother, uh, Lady Luce, who she's like floating in a in like a cube above, apparently. Kind of looks like a, a in prison like a prismarium, I guess. Yeah. Um so they do free her, but apparently this plays right into Brandalis's hands, of course. The Cogna monsters begin coming through the date, the gate. And apparently this is like a series of ancient demonic monsters that were sealed away by Lady Luce. Um, which again, I don't think Cogna have been mentioned at all. Nope. And then the woman posing as Luce turns to be Howan, uh, Lon and Rain's sister. I don't think she's actually blood, but right. Like that they grew up together or were raised together or something. I don't remember. Uh, I, it was not that important apparently. <laughs> so, She's pissed because apparently Lon and Rain have made the same mistake in the past as far as like opening the gate and releasing the Cogna. So I can, dun, uh, dun, dun. I can understand why Alan would be like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then this gate that's summoning all the Cogna, it's powered by the kidnapped summoners. So it's got like Yuna, Rydia, Rydia Aiko, and Terra in there. So you can see that that plot's coming together now, I guess. Finally. And then uh, Titus appears and rescues Yuna. And then the rest of the Liga S, Squall, Cloud, and Lightning, they appear and rescue the the other summoners. So it kind of results in like a sort of like a half gate. Like a, they don't all come through right away. Um, but yeah, so way to go, Lon and Rain. You've ruined everything. And again. This is actually, yeah, again, this is actually the Crimson Prophecy coming true. The one of destruction and ship. Who made these prophecies? That's a good point. Is that ever even stated? No, I don't think so. It's just yeah. like crimson or azure. Who made this up? Yeah. Don't understand. <laughs> My whole thing is looking back through everything. They should have been like, Hey, isn't that Terra up there that we left at the bottom of the tower? Yeah. I probably didn't even think about it. Who, who left her there? Yeah. So dumb. Very. Um, dumb, dumb, dumb. So then, they pass out and they wake up at the League of S's headquarters, which turns out to be Balam Garden from Final Fantasy VIII, which I thought was really cool to see. But unfortunately, as I think as we said on another episode, it's like just the front entrance. So it ends up being not nearly as cool as it could have been. Correct. Um, so then a lot of dialogue happens, apparently, because they saved the rescued the summers. Like I said, the gate didn't fully form. However, Grimoire is in chaos. We have to kill chaos. No, wrong Final <laughs> Fantasy. Uh, Federation towns have been completely subjugated. So like the the ones that had submitted to the Federation are basically demon towns now. Yeah, they're um, done. The other towns are resisting. So uh, Quistus and Shelk show back up and they reveal a lot about the League's plan. 
and the twins try to meet with Alwyn, but she's understandably pissed at them and decides that she's going to save Lady Luce herself because apparently the Federation has their parents and she just leaves without everybody. Then at some point, I think you have to go back to Ninewood Hills and that's where Seraphie and Tama reveal a lot about how much the Cogna suck. <laughs> just like, these guys are bad boys. Yes, that's just basically all they say. Nothing really explains Cogna. They just say, hey, these guys are bad. Yeah, and lots of there's, this is a big exposition chapter, just lots of talking, uh, which, I mean, I enjoyed the plot development, but again, a little late. So Quistus gives the twins an airship to go around and stop the Cogna assaults, and that's the end of that chapter. Um, why don't we switch up the colors here, and you can do the next one, Rich. Sure. Okay, so chapter 21, Chaos and Grimoire. Chaos. Uh, anyways, uh, I just feel like this should be Vin Diesel going family. <laughs> all, about, all about family. The Fast 9 memes are in full force as of the I know. They're so great. They anyways, are. okay. So basically on the airship, the twins are basically fighting it out a little bit, trying to decide on what they need to do. Um, they want to help um, Howlin with her, you know, her plan, but know that, that she's super pissed at them for, you know, unleashing the Cogna. So they decide to go to the tea room to find the girl who lost her memory to help fight off the Grimoire or help Grimoire fight off the Cogna invasion. So they just go there, which again, I don't know why they decided to go see her. Like what was the big idea to go with her? I guess it so, must've been like an idea from Tama or something. I don't, I really don't know. So I'm, I'm this sure is where, sad. yeah, I'm sure it is too. This is where as a player, if you've never done the interventions, you have to do the interventions. So I didn't do very many of them, but this is where, um, you get to look at them and, and play some more extra. So what you have to do is the five Cogna Lords. So you have to go through different interventions with different characters uh, to find the location of Brandalus. So you got to be able to go fight some of these um, higher being ones. Um, I can't remember the names of all these guys. Um, I don't remember either. There's like an Ultima weapon one and there's a couple other of them are really memorable. I think maybe Ultros was one. Uh, I'm not, yes. I'm not really so, remembering. And you, you have to do to these annoying mini games, or not? Apparently, you don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> you do not have to. Um, you can try it and then say I suck, and then you're done. Um, so it's not essential, but you get some extra stuff to it if you do. So there's that. I think the only um, one I had a lot of problems with was the the battleship one in the desert. I had problems with every single one of them, and I stopped. <laughs> um, I'm not cool with the mini games. I'm not very good at them. <laughs> um, so once you're done fighting brand, uh, fighting location of Brandalus and you're fighting the Cogna Lords and you go through, this might be the opportunity if you wanted to do some more interventions to get extra stuff. Sure. It's a good time get to do side quests. Yeah. Uh, because you're pretty much, that's it. Yeah. Um, cause once you get to the certain spot, you're going to be done. Um, so once you find that you find, you know, Brandalus, how to get to find Brandalus is you're gonna have to go through one of the chains through the chain road, um, to get there, you have to go through Agathar. Uh, is it Agra Theer? Agra Theer. It's that small town near the place that looks like Midgar. Yeah. Um, you didn't have to go there originally, but then you can uh, go there now. You visit the cathedral and fight off the Cogna that are located there. You can, I think you can bypass these guys that are in here and go straight to the chapel. Yeah, I think so. So next is you use the chains 
as a way to uh, traverse yourself from one area to go find where Brandless is. Now, you don't climb on the chains. You actually climb inside the chains. They're actually gateways. Um, so yeah, I think one links. detail that's not here is like you find out that the you see like these souls in like the the chains inside the cathedral, and that turns out to be like all the people that became like reached the highest tier of the Federation civilization or whatever. I forget what that's they're right. called right now. But. Um, I mean, they're ghosts, essentially, the souls of the people. Now, what they're doing is powering up. Um, I can't remember exactly what they were powering up, but they were taking those souls and using them to basically bring the Cogna in. Yep, right. So, to destroy the world. Womp womp. This womp is what you get womp. when you try too hard in a society. That's right. <laughs> uh, the twins actually, they make it up the chain road um, after having a lot of conversations between Tama, um, Lon, and Rain. They fight everything, and they finally make it to Brandless. Um, but during the fight, Lon actually goes berserk a little bit and gets all pissed off and punches Brandless and ends up locking the two away, um, sealing off Brandless and Lon. He does this le- thing where like his little glove hand thing that he... His powers come from kind of goes like God mode, and he yeah, ends up randomly. like freezing Brandalus in like like an ice cage, but also he encages himself as well. Which again, never once mentioned that this would happen. <laughs> He's super powerful, Rich. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that. Um, I feel like they're running out of stuff at that point. It's like, well, how are we gonna, how are we gonna loop this up and tie it in a nice bow? I know. Let's make Lon's arm massive. There you go. <laughs> so Rain's all alone. Get and a box, even talk. <laughs> exactly. So now at this point, Rain is all alone. You know, she's all sad and depressed and everything. And doesn't she try to like kill herself? I don't remember. I think she does. It tries to, or something happens where she wants to talk to Tama to because she's all alone. Yeah. And she feels like they still lost. Like technically, this is credits. Yeah, you get like a, ba- a bad ending here, but it's also like yes. a fake out ending kind of deal. Yeah, like me. I was like, I'm done. Out. <laughs> this game sucked. I was done. But unfortunately, it uh, does not end there, guys. Yep. So on to the postscript, which turns out to be the length of at least a couple chapters, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Rain wakes up after having been saved by Tama. So basically what has happened is... Tama um, has sacrifices like all her remaining lives to wind back time to before uh, they decide to climb the chain road. Like Tama turns into this giant, giant badass looking wolf. Apparently her real name is Tama Mohime or something like that. <laughs> sure. Um, but they find out that like in this new reality, apparently Seraphie has been Tama like then everything that Tama did throughout the the whole time, like she was their new partner in this reality the whole time. And I was like, I prefer this reality. I kind of like Seraphie, but Tama. <laughs> I miss Tama. Yeah. I don't know why I did. Um, so yeah, they're right before they decided to climb the, the chain road. And so rain convinces Lon, like tells him everything that happened and convinces him to like come back with her and they're going to try uh, something else basically. They go back to Wine Winewood Hills. Wine yeah. Ninewood Hills to come up with a new plan. They meet up with Alwyn. 
they convince her of everything that's going to happen and to actually work with them. So their new plan is they're going to gather all the summoners to the gate and put all the Cogna back through and rid the world of them. So basically they're going to try to do like a reverse summon deal where the gate pulls all the Cogna back through it. Sucking them through a hole. So at this point, you have to gather a bunch of super strong mirages. I don't remember why. It's the the Pleiad. Like you have to have all seven of the summons. Um, so you get Diablo, uh, Ifrit, Shiva, Odin, Ramu, Bahamut, and Leviathan. And a couple of these are kind of difficult, I thought. Uh, Bahamut was the difficult one. I don't know what the hell the problem was. It's like I, I spent a good hour on him yeah just whittling him down i remember diablo being kind of tricky too but i could be misremembering i mean our mirages are probably so op by this point it couldn't have been that bad right yeah i mean did you use these guys at all because i didn't i used ramu um because you could put them in your normal stacks but uh i never used mega mirages even though a lot of people were in the discord were saying that that was like the the easy strategy to use against these bosses well, at the end, it was. That's what I used. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> um, so they're dubbing this Operation Salvation. So they go to the gate, and the twins take the fight to Brandalus again. At this point, the uh, the plumed knight and Saguardus appear. They're like the two henchmen, demon people, sub-villains. Mm-hmm. And you find out that basically that they are their parents kind of like their bodies of their parents possessed by these demons. You get a flashback. Yes. Um, so Saguardus is their dad who I, I think his name was, what was his name? Their dad's name. Was it Rourke? I'm just going to call him Dave. Dave. I'm just going to call him <laughs> Dave. I don't remember. I think it was, it starts with an R. Um, and then the plume knight is actually lady loose. So somewhere around here, I think we might've already passed it, but you get like a long anime, cutscene that explains how Lon and Rain like freed uh, the Cogna in the past and then like they were basically trying to take the load off of their mom by taking all her mirages and capturing more and so that's why they decided to like open the the Cogna gate in the past and released all hell you know all, all hell reckless it shows them being real assholes and like I think Lon yeah. like freezes Alan in place when she's telling him not to do it and you know it's, it's was that one the babysitter no i think i think she was just like t- taken in by their parents or something or maybe like an attendant's daughter or i'm not sure i can't remember should have beat those two kids yeah should've for real and, and lines a real asshole during this he's like how about you just shut the honk up or something like that <laughs> yeah um, dick so after they defeat the Plume Knight and Saguardus, there's these scenes where they say goodbye to their parents uh, for the final time because they're already dead and they can't be saved. Yeah. I thought the scene between their dad and Lon was really good. Between uh, Dave? Yes. <laughs> uh, the, the one with their mother, not so much. You know, turn those turn those corners up. I think part of that might be just because Lon is the, the stronger voice acted character, maybe. I'm not sure. But anyway. So you finally get the Brandalus fight. It's a final boss fight. The and, and there's also like scenes in here of the summoners and like Titus and Squall and all them helping out, helping to fight. So that's pretty cool. Um, but you fight Brandalus. The twins win, win, and they uh, 
they send everybody back to the gate once and for all. So they they kind of get sucked in with it and they decide to like sacrifice themselves basically to make sure that Brandalus goes back through the gate. And yeah, they like basically do a self-sacrifice situation and go through the gate themselves. Uh did you feel any like were you sad or um did you care? I thought it was hilarious because <laughs> it was their fault yeah. to begin with. Right. That all this crap happened. So the least they could do is sacrifice themselves. Oh yeah, there's also so, a scene in here where Lon starts to freeze Brandless again and then like Rain has to reel him in to keep him from freezing himself as well. How bad that would be if they he did it again. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, just read back time. Yeah. So they give a win all their mirages that they've collected and they tell everyone to rebuild the world and then they go through the portal and the gate closes and all turns to normal. And there's a, there's a scene where lightning says, see you later or something. That was like the final line of the, of the, before the credits or something. <laughs> yeah. Lightning her badass self. Just like, I'll see you later. Yeah. So you get the credits and, uh, there is, it's one of the coolest things I've seen in final fantasy. They've got like, all the main Final Fantasy characters in like a CG cutscene, along with like Anna Crow and Tama and all the ma- all the main Wolf characters doing like a K-pop choreographed dance. I, <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yep, I felt weird. I felt weird watching it. I'm like, I'm concerned. It made me so happy. I've gone back and watched <laughs> it a few times since then, just for fun. <laughs> um, there is a secret ending, and I believe what happens is. Uh, in a crow appears and gives uh win to prismariums that contain the spirits of lawn and rain. And so that sort of explains how you can continue plague as them as well as win. I think, I think win might be just in maxima, but um yeah. So this is something that really frustrated me. I, I alluded to it last episode, but in a crow doesn't even turn up in the end to uh, like explain anything or like, explain her plan or what she was trying to do or where she's been. It's just like, it's all implied. Um, I don't know if there's more in like the bonus post game content or like some kind of extra secret ending or what, but such a wasted character. (laughs) Yeah, very much so. Like I, I would expect to have her pop up several times. It's kind of a guide to these guys, but nothing. You don't just say, tell them because I'm God. And then disappear for the rest of the story. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, well, totally. But that's a uh, that's the story of Waff. Of course, there's a lot more in like the interventions. I don't know what happens if anything in the post game. But uh, what were your sort of like your overall thoughts and stuff, Rich? Of the story, yeah, had a lot of potential. A lot of potential. Yeah, it. I feel like it started off very interesting. I was looking forward to seeing where it goes. Um. But it, it kind of did like the Kingdom Hearts style of story structure where it like has a lot happening at the very beginning, a shit ton happening at the end. Only the thing is, usually Kingdom Hearts has like a bit a big like middle act between like in the middle of the game where a bunch of plot shit happens. We didn't really get that um, nope. in here. Um, Nothing. So it, it literally felt like every chapter up until the ones we've been discussing today were like an episode of a Saturday morning cartoon or something. Yeah, I mean, they could have honestly done that. They could have just done an episodic deal, released it out in like little chunks, and it have been fine. Was there anything that you liked, or what? What did you like? It that has to be something. Um, I did like the Prismarium. 
Like I, I liked the combat itself was kind of fun. I thought that was at least the only real reason I played it. So there wasn't really anything about the story that drew you no. in at all. Okay. No, most Final Fantasy games always have this emotional um, drive to them, as in, like you know, there's a there's a conflict and you you sense of urgency, some tragedy happens, and you know you resolve that, you become a better person, and you know goes on. I don't like the fact that they try to do that in the last like chapter, with just everything in one deal. Um, yeah. The story fell flat hard. What about um, Lon and Rain? Did you like care for them at all as the main characters? Or no, it felt like they had two pieces of a uh, of a character, as in like one character, and they separated them out. Lon stupid, Rain serious. They really they should have, have done... reeled Lon stupidity in a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I don't know why they did that so much. It's like, well, we just got to have some. We have to have a serious person, then we have to have this, you know, stupid boy you know seems to get in trouble all the time what is really his fault this whole thing was his fault rain ends up um, feeling a little bit a little bland in comparison yeah um tama is basically insufferable although i, I don't think i minded her speech pattern as much as most people did based on what I've i didn't hearing. notice it i didn't notice it too much yeah uh, could you okay let me ask could this story stand on its own as a mainline final fantasy I think if it was fleshed out a significant amount, yeah. But right now it, it leans too much on the nostalgia. Okay. Uh, and even then it doesn't even do the nostalgia bits particularly well, in my opinion. No, this game is supposed to be for nostalgia. And now all the characters getting together, you playing them, and it's supposed to be like, oh, wow, this is awesome. No. Now I will say I, I did appreciate them bringing a bunch of the main FF characters more into the fold towards the end, like ones that have been previously introduced. Um, but before that, it literally felt like every FF character appearance was like just a just a cameo, almost rather than significantly affecting the story. Who was it that said that the main story, the the K-pop dance number, was mm-hmm. the first thing they pitched? Who was that? I think that was Frost. <laughs> okay. And that was the, the only cutscene developed by Square in house. So it's like, hey, we have this great idea. Show us, yeah, we have this music video. Yeah, it's like great. Make a game based on that. Waste please in the in the Twitch chat says, this game sounds like one of those special Power Ranger episodes where multiple Rangers from past teams team up. That's not too uh, far off base. <laughs> I was gonna say it's pretty spot on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. About that. I'm trying to think of like yeah, just. Did you have any favorite or least favorite parts of the story? Um, I do. I have the least favorite part. Okay. okay. It's called World of Final Fantasy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I set you up for the slam dunk on that one, didn't I? Boom. <laughs> I mean, no. Okay. So it has a few parts. And like, I did like the idea. <laughs> Waste just responds in the chat. Wow. Um, I do like the the idea of it, the concept of like basically it was their fault. They're trying to make amends for it. That towards the end was okay. Um, I feel like they could have done a lot more with the Final Fantasy characters. Like yeah, Cloud, I think they put Cloud in the game just because it's Cloud. Um, you know, if they really wanted to spice this thing up, all the villains that popped up, like, you know, Jet, Sephiroth, um, Let's see, uh, Kefka, all them. Why did I have them as part of the bad guy team? That would have been cool. Uh, yeah. 
But they, let's see. It's it's like I wish they either need. It's almost like they didn't know what to do. You know, like whether to focus in on this um, this original story or if they really wanted to like do like a Final Fantasy like callback story, kind of focusing on the Final Fantasy characters. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Because I mean, Dissidia kind of does that. So. Uh, I well, know. I mean, yeah, Dissidia has its own storyline too. But imagine right. like, you know, you have these characters popping up. You have the main heroes. And then occasionally you run across some of these villains that have been recruited by, you know, the Bahamutian army, like in certain sections of the game, it's like, okay, here is the general it's Kefka who's insane. Um, Or Sephiroth who is being, you know, super cryptic douche. Yeah. Yeah. Even Kingdom Hearts did that with Sephiroth. He showed up a couple of times. It was like, okay, that's very weird, but yeah, (laughs) that's something they could have done. Yeah, for sure. Um, and even though I was one of those people that was pissed that they, they kind of ditched Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts 3, at least in the other Kingdom Hearts games, the, their use of the FF characters was tasteful. And it's usually yeah. the same characters in every game. So it's like they had to have a plot art. Um, I guess, you know, I actually think the stuff at the end wasn't bad. It's just it wasn't set up enough, set up properly. It was It was rushed. Yeah. And I don't know. All right. Well, we got other sections we need to talk about here. Uh, I don't think the story is terrible, but I don't think it's anything particularly special either. Like, uh, I think most mainline Final Fantasy games have a better story than this game. You'd have to go back into the really old ones to start having a conversation, in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess that's it for the story. Do we want to go ahead and move on to gameplay? Yeah. Wait, didn't we already do that? (laughs) No, we still got to talk about that. I feel like we... Oh, okay. (laughs) I thought we did. Okay, so let's see here. Uh, Gameplay. So basically this game goes back to a very classical ATB style Final Fantasy game. Um, I I do like that it went back to the roots kind of with that, but they also did some things to mix it up. The the primary thing, I guess, would be the the stacking system. Pokemon. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) So basically, basically what happens is you get the chance to like catch most of the monsters you encounter. And then you could add those to your stacks. And so you can have a stack of up to three creatures, a large, a medium and a small. And there's also the mechanic of making lawn and rain, either their giant form, which is a large creature or their lilican form, which is small, making them the, the, the medium creature in the stack. And so while you're in battle, the the different stacks, depending on how you've put them together, have different abilities like augmented stats. Their like their HP gets all combined into one pool. Um, there's also a mechanic where the stacks can be knocked over with like topple damage, basically. Um, so uh, that that's just scratching the surface, really. But uh, how do you, how did you feel about the battle system in general, Rich? 
Honestly, the whole time you're talking, I've been remixing the Pokemon song in my head. Um, <laughs> going Mirages, gotta catch them all, Mirages. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's all I had. I don't remember. But um, I mean, it's it's a nice concept. It really is. I mean, it's a different type of um, combat mixed with the ATB feature. Um, you can, if you're playing on the Switch, the Maxima version, you could speed that up by holding one of the buttons down, which I did. Um, I got time to wait. Um, so... You know, being able to play around with the stacks, I didn't do that. I know Corey said, you guys said that Corey did that a lot. He was messing around with all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it adds a nice feature to it. Isn't like you don't get uh, basically stagnant with what you're playing with. Unfortunately, I did. Um, but you can, you know, there's a whole bunch of mirages, different, you know, versions of the mirages. Um, you can up them up, like the sizes of them, which then, you know, correlates to playing with the Lilikans versus the Giants. Um I will say, I mean, um, being a, a fan of Final Fantasy, I was kind of into like being able to capture these famous Final Fantasy creatures. But to tell you the truth, thirteen two did better. Okay, so I would agree with you that thirteen two's system is more fun. Yes, but in that one, it's using like the thirteen versions of all these monsters, and it doesn't have a lot of like the classic. Um, the classic monsters, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, so, but thirteen two is definitely more fun. I guess it it feels like more of like a like you said a Pokemon type system here, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's their spin and style of that. Um, you know, being able to play off different you know monsters' uh, strengths and weaknesses, uh, being able to you know pick and choose mm-hmm. like which who's gonna be your team is pretty nice. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't I didn't hate it. I didn't hate the combat. I thought it was okay. Yeah, it, it is pretty slow. I guess that would be my main complaint because um, even holding that fast forward button, it still feels really bogged bog yeah. down a lot of times. I still use the haste feature. Yeah. <laughs> so I hasted them and then pushed the button. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. As far as actually imprisoning the mirages, they all have like a different capture feature or capture requirement. It's not just like Pokemon where you get their HP low and then you throw a Pokeball. Which um, I tried the entire time. <laughs> right. So for example, uh, it might have the requirement like must be hit with a fire attack or must be inflicted with so-and-so, which could but be, does it tell you that you have to scan them to do that. And so I kept Libra on my, my stacks the entire game. <sighs> <laughs> you didn't do that. I mean, what do you think? Jeez, how did you even know? Like, <laughs> I'm wondering how you even managed to capture any in that case. I just hit shit. That's all I did. I hit shit till it did that weird thing, and then I threw I threw a ball at him, mm-hmm. and then I captured it. So, uh, yeah, it can be frustrating because if you, depending on the requirement, it could be that you just don't have the means to capture that thing. Like if Correct. you didn't buy the right items before you came into the dungeon, or if. Um, or you, you may not may not be able to figure out the mechanic, like you said. And sometimes, like you have to do fulfill the uh, condition like several times, like to increase the chance of a, a successful capture. Now, this is a perfect segue into uh, puzzles, like puzzle switches. Oh yeah, with your so, stacks. Correct. Now, I did run into a challenge where I had to go back and you know I did capture various ones. I had to go back in and um, swap some out because I didn't have the ability 
to do this puzzle. Because basically with these puzzle switches, you go to this terminal and your task is to meet a criteria to release this switch. It's either having monsters that have a resistance of 75% of water and weighing over a certain amount. So like you had to play around with that to basically make the switch work. Yeah. Uh, and, and waste when I think he put in the chat, that is not good game design talking about the, um, the capture mechanics that goes, I mean, that leads right into what you were just saying with the, with the switches, because if you didn't bring the right mirages, then you're screwed. Yep. Um, you go back. There is an item that lets you call Seraphy to switch out your mirages, but uh, unless you happen to buy some, you may not have any. Yep, which um, it did. Yeah, after that happened once or twice, I started carrying two or three on me at all times. Um, but yeah, that's an annoying thing. I'm glad I was following a guy because so I would usually know like what mirages I needed to take. Speaking of, I, that really leads us into the exploration aspect. It's pretty simple. Um, you're just going through dungeons. Some of them have some puzzles, but you got a map. Um, you can run around as, you know, either the Lilikin in giant form or giant form of lawn and rain. You can switch which one you're uh, controlling at any time, as well as what form they're in with the press of a button. Um, what do you think of the dungeons in general? They, the design was, was okay. Um, I can definitely tell that this was, you know, for a younger crowd, uh, the Final Fantasy uh, series, um, the dungeons were not overly complicated. There wasn't a lot of stuff hidden. Um, the only dungeon I had a little problem with was that ice dungeon on the ice fields, where you had to kind of like hit the ice and go certain areas. I, that was a little bit of trouble. But other than that, yeah, the, the last one there made me feel pretty stupid too. So yeah, but but that's it. I mean, that's this game was designed, at least in my opinion, for a young crowd. Yeah, none of them are too bad. Um, the the only dungeon, okay, so the Crystal Tower sucked, right? But yeah, whatever. There's been many dungeons like that in Final Fantasy, but I, I hated the uh, what you call it the the final the X Nine Castle with the oh, yeah. running around on the walls and ceilings and shit. Um, but I guess that's a a more specific complaint. There's also these things called Gimme Golems while you're exploring the dungeons basically it's like a, just a blockade and they ask you for a certain item and i think it's almost always like a unique item you just got to find somewhere in the dungeon and if uh, you're exploring properly you'll run across it on your own without yeah. having to worry about anything or just follow the path to its end until you find the chest usually yep. it has a really weird name so as soon as you pick it up you're like oh that's for the gimme golem yep there's um, no point to anything yeah, and a lot of times you can find these portal gates, which double as save points, but also let you go back to Ninewood Hills if you so choose to restock and stuff like that. Um, there's also in the dungeons, a lot of times you'll get to these points that let you, like depending on your mirages, let you think of like the Pokemon uh, HM abilities, like cross the gap with the, a Flutter Mirage or um, what? there's one that like burns shit, the Blaze ability or whatever. Stuff like that. Um, so again, if you don't have the right mirages, you can be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yeah. So it's important to like kind of keep like a diverse, even if they're not in your stacks, like keep a diverse party of mirages. Because there's also a reserve where like, even if they're not in your stacks, you can have like four or five or so mirages just wait in your reserves. Another thing is it does have this nice leveling system where everybody in your, your reserve, like you... 
um, your stacks and then whatever you have like on the back end, just like your Pokemon, you know, back end, um, they all level up too. So, yep, it's kind of nice. Yep. I just wish that, uh, I wish like your entire case, like your PC box or whatever, <laughs> leveled up. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did they not get sued? That's my question. How did they not get sued for this game? Because if Nintendo is like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Can you imagine? This looks familiar. <laughs> um, I will say, I, I kind of dig the idea of a Pokemon Final Fantasy game. So I, I like the, it liked it in that regard. Just maybe yeah. some questionable implementations. Um, there are towns, so but towns, but, yeah, quote unquote towns. There's not really. They usually have like a shop in them somewhere. Uh, actually, do they have shops? They don't have shops in these towns, do they? I don't think, I don't so. think so. It's just chocolate back in Nine Wood Hills. Um, so yeah, you li- really just go around these towns and talk to people. You can accept townspeople quests, which are basically this game's version of side quests. And they always amount to like just being like a fetch quest type deal. It might Yuck. be like, show me your a certain mirage or find me a certain item or you know, uh, they're, Isn't it's that pretty in Pokemon too. Yeah, <laughs> but that's I in, feel like that's there's in, something that's in a bunch of RPGs. Yeah. Um, well, no, I'm saying uh, show me a mirage. I feel like oh, there's a quest in Pokemon that are like that. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's Pokemon with a Final Fantasy coat of paint on it. So, yep. um. So yeah, I, I did all the townspeople quests. They're mostly inoffensive, but also nothing special about them. Um, let's see. We, this game does have elements and status elements in the battle system, but that's about normal for Final Fantasy. Um, as far as leveling up the mirages, you do get... There's like this system called the Mirage Board, which is kind of like a skill tree, I guess. Or um, Chrismarium from Final Fantasy Thirteen. Yeah. It's a little, little less linear than the Crystarium, but since each Mirage has its own Mirage board, it's not as like intricate as, say, the Sphere Grid. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I I really liked leveling up the Mirages and like seeing them advance with all the abilities and stuff they can learn. Um, it's uh, just a cool effect, I thought. Um, or, uh, well done, and you get through them quickly if you keep the Mirages for more than a little bit. Yeah. Um. Are you okay, by the way? I keep seeing you look back. My my bearded dragon is just going wild. Your beard? You have a bearded dragon? How did, how did I not know this? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I want a picture of your... Oh, oh here we go. Okay. I can kind of see him. Can you see him? Yeah. yeah he's, he's being an asshole. Sorry. Give me a better picture. Like I hear him just running around in there. I'll send you a picture of him. <laughs> okay. He's being an asshole. Um, Let's see. What else? You get... There are some stroll abilities... Um, I'm trying to think of like what else we're, we've missed here. There, oh, there's the mirror jewels. Yes, those are like basically special jewels you put on your your character. Um, sometimes you have these that are you know basically they keep Libra on or attack higher or um, oh hell, there's some other uh, deals to it. And plus, um, if you're wearing some of them, you can as you're a Lilikan, they actually have the appearance of certain Final Fantasy characters. Yes, um, I think that's exclusive to the Maxima version, Correct. but um, I'd, I'd never messed with it because I never I, really had a desire to make my characters look like the old Final Fantasy characters. I might have played around with it if they didn't also augment your stats. And so at that point, I was just like, uh, I don't want to think about it that much. <laughs> You're done. You're yeah. like, I can't handle it. <laughs> um, 
there is a totally optional Colosseum with the. Uh, I just realized when we were talking about the story, we somehow left out that whole part about reviving Tama. Oh well. <laughs> uh, Tama's dead. You have to get these pieces of Tama uh, from Seraphie because Seraphie finally believes you that you're not crazy. And then you revive Tama and Seraphie comes back. It's just this weird thing. And it's stupid. There. There's also a plot um, resolution about Refia's uncle because nobody, everybody cares so much about him. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So there's a Coliseum. It's totally optional. Um, you can get some high level mirages early, easily that way if you so choose. Um, I think the only t- thing you're required to do it for is to catch the first few summons like Ramu and all of them. Yeah. Um, another mostly side play side quest type thing is the tea room. The girl who forgot her name's tea room. Did so, we ever find her name out? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the only revelation that we got about her is she's like part of some kind of timekeeper society or something. Um, yeah, very, I wonder if any of that is in the uh, post game. I don't what know. if it's Anna Crow's daughter? I kind of thought it would turn out to be like some kind of like in a crow from the past or, or something like that. But eh, as far as I know, but anyway, you can uh, buy champion medals from her, which is basically the the true summons of this game where you summon in the final fantasy characters. Um, I liked that mechanic because, you know, it's like a cute animation, more final fantasy nostalgia type shit. And it, they even like, I bought added, every single one of them. I did too. Um, they even got the, uh, freaking it changes the music at the battle for a little bit afterwards to that like a remix of that characters something from their game <laughs> okay let me ask you this then which champion medals did you use the most of i tried to use all of them just because i wanted to see all of the animations um i feel like i ended up using shintoto for a long time um i felt like i had tifa for a while maybe i don't know what about you sephiroth um I think I use Balthier and Snow. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, if you got the DLC, then you get to use Sephiroth and Balthier almost immediately. So it makes sense yep. having them on your team for a while. I'm pretty sure I had Sephi for a while as well. Um, But yeah, after you see him a couple times, though, you're like, okay, please skip. <laughs> nope. Oh, you watched them all every time? I watched them every time. I got excited. Dedication. I got, ex- I got excited every time Sephiroth showed off. He He's basically... Only bad, well, him and Arden um, are the two bad guys. I'm like, you know what? I agree. Hmm. I agree with everything. <laughs> It'd be interesting Just if they ever it. actually do do a, a waft to like what characters they would decide to include this time around. Arden has to be there. That'd be cool, for sure. I love Arden. Um, I think that's, oh, there's also the interventions that you can do with the girl who forgot her name. So basically these are like, you get a little cut scene of some Final Fantasy characters interacting a lot of times in like a, a humorous situation and then they get into trouble where they're fighting something or other. And basically lawn and rain are able to assist them from afar by fighting their own version of that battle. Um, and then you get a, a nice conclusion. I liked these because it gives you more time with the final fantasy characters. And some of them are actually pretty creative and fun. I would say. Sure. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Cause I did not do them. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I think that about covers the basic gameplay. There are a few mini games in the game, um, especially when it comes to that that one part of the chapter where you have to fight the five Cogno Lords. 
I mean, the, that's something that they did was they kept some of the mini game, the mini games and some of the extra stuff down to a minimum to an extent um, to basically incorporate some of these younger crowds that might be playing this game. Yeah. Um, uh, the, again, the only mini game that bothered me it didn't even bother me. I just thought it was like hard. Was the the battleship one? The other ones are like over in seconds. I felt like <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, nothing too offensive there, and I don't even think there are any other mini games outside of that section, right? Like that I can think of. Um, you have that weird um, uh, turtle. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. One, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, I, I know there's like a fishing mini game in the post game with uh, ah. Noctis. <laughs> I know you love your fishing mini games. Oh, I'd rather just no. no. And, and then I know there's there's a, pr- a pretty robust post game with some bonus dungeons and like an extra maxima dungeon. There's a few characters that only are in the maxima version, like uh, Zach and Sarah FF13, mm-hmm. uh, and a few others, uh, Firion, Cecil, at the, and a couple others. I'm probably forgetting, but. Uh, I have not done the post game. I did a couple of the very basic things, uh, but I want to go back and I probably will actually try to go back and mess around with those. I've heard it gets super hard. So hmm. um, I'm, I'm just interested to see like what a, other content is out there. Maybe I'll stream it. Who knows? Okay. Um, I think that about covers the gameplay, but if we look, look down here, I've got a list of the different areas and dungeons as well as like a list of bosses just skimming in through here real quick. Was is there any like dungeon or anything in particular that maybe we forgot about that your stands out in your mind, like you really liked or disliked or anything? No, I think we talked about most of them in the story when they popped up, at least yeah. for the dungeons. Um, a lot of the bosses, however, you talked about some of the mega mirages that you can get. There are a few um, that are off the beaten path. So if you have a guide. Um, like like Scott did, um, you can get some of the Mega Mirages. Yeah, that that is something we didn't talk about. So each dungeon or most dungeons have like this secret area thing that you can totally skip usually. Um, and a lot of times they have like some of the best Mirages there, including these Mega Mirages, which is something we didn't really touch on. Basically, you if you have them in your team, you can switch out your entire stack for the Mega Mirage. And they're usually, some of them are like OP and then others are basically not worth using it just depends on the mega mirage there um, is one mega mirage it's a badass it's uh the uh the monster yeah, yeah. the monster is a is a bastard and a half because <laughs> it, it could take damage and it can give damage so tell me how it works again it's like you all the damage that's been dealt to the behemoth monster it can like send it back Basically, in like quadruple. Oh, okay. It's, it's ridiculous. And there's also a deal if you get to the level up point of it, um, where it's like a last stand that if it knocks you out completely, it gives you a one HP and lets you take the turn. So if you had a monster that basically wiped you, let's say 20,000 damage, you and you hit your the next piece of it, or the next attack, you are basically going to one shot this thing. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, it sounded it's, OP. It sounded like that's what a lot of the people did to just oh, yeah. completely kick Brandless's ass at the, at the end. There. I just stumbled upon it. I was like, I, I think a couple of fights prior to Brandless, I had this guy and I was like, what? This guy's kind of a beast. And I just wrecked everything that I came across. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so like final thoughts on the the gameplay itself. Like, what, what did you think about the gameplay? Just it wasn't it wasn't bad. It yeah. was not complex. It was simple. Um, I didn't have any complaints about it. Uh, yeah, that was okay. Doing the stack setups is pretty fun sometimes. Um, and, and it, the gameplay itself is mostly inoffensive. I, I wish that there was like something that's to spice it up a little bit because it does feel dry. But I think some of that is more of the game overstaying its welcome, like me just being tired of playing it by the time it was over, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing too. There's no, there's no extra like equipment, you know, mm-hmm. just like in the Final Fantasy stuff, you don't have equipment. You yeah. don't have to worry about other abilities, things like that. You just have your mirages, uh, your mirage board, and that's it. For sure. Um, and then another thing is like, once you find like a really good stack, you don't have a lot of motivation to experiment beyond yeah. that. <laughs> uh, I I had no motivation. Like it's not because I didn't want to do it. It's you know I found something that worked for me, and mm-hmm. I didn't feel like messing with it. Right. I think there were some other listeners out there that felt the same way. Um. Yeah, I, I think it's fine, fine to good. Like maybe I maybe even call the gameplay mostly good. Uh, it's just for me personally, I need some. I usually need something else to like pull me along. You know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think maybe that's enough for the gameplay. Before we move on to the ratings, um, we do have a tea time. Do you want to jump into that and see what Bill had to say? Let's see what our British brother uh, across the pond has to say. It's been a minute. Oh, Lord. It has. And now it's time we join an old friend once again. It's tea time with Bill. What the honk? Hello, everybody. And I feel like it's very appropriate just after the 4th of July that we do definitely have a Bill's Tea Time. Or Tea Time with Bill. Because, you know, you threw all our fucking tea in the water. You bastards. Never, ever waste tea, all right? Yeah. One day that karma's going to come round to you and you'll have someone in charge. Like, uh, okay. Uh, anyway, so, yes. <laughs> Let's talk about woof, shall we? Woof, woof. Um, oh, my God. I loved this game. It was such a refreshing change from a lot of the other games that I've been playing. And I just absolutely fell in love with it, to be honest with you. I thought it was brilliant. Um, I kind of, the storytelling was nuts and bonkers and crazy. It was just like any other Final Fantasy game where you basically, you don't have a fucking clue after what's going on to the end of the game anyway. So I really liked that. Uh, it turns out your main characters were kind of knobs. <laughs> <laughs> which I really liked. I thought Lan was such a brilliantly written character. Like He was supposed to just be the idiot, but then occasionally he would throw out absolute gems, like he wants to honk your mother and stuff like that. It was just brilliant. Just what a honking, honking good game. And yet Tammer's voice actor, you know, you can say what you want about the Tammer, but the Tammer was awesome. And the voice actor deserves some sort of Oscar for the work that they did. You know, that must have been... The hardest job on earth, and I hope Square paid her very, very handsomely. Her or him, I don't know who it was. But yeah, the game was great. You know, I thought I, I enjoyed the exploration. I thought the um, the cities and the towns were very pretty, and the dungeons. I thought they were all very nicely done. You know, it was kind of you know it was chibi. It was a kind of childish style, but it really just set you know it really worked for my imagination. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. The battles, again, I liked the stack system. I found that really fun. It was kind of like Pokemon on crack. 
but I have to admit there were far too many things to catch. And I know for a fact because of the limitations of the Vita, they limited the amount of stuff you can catch. So for me, I just kind of caught things I thought looked interesting as I went along and just went with that and then just buffed the hell out of them. When I realized as well that you could actually use the buffs from the advanced monsters in their cycle, because you can evolve them and everything, can't you? Uh, but keep them as the small monsters, that was it. Absolute game changer. I suddenly had these little small creatures on top of my stack that were giving me strength boosts beyond belief. I just absolutely, absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. Kind of, the, my, my only complaint really of the game would be that A, it's too easy. Also, I love the fact that it was too easy <laughs> because it just meant I could just pick it up at any point, play through it, and I didn't have to worry about grinding really at any point. It was kind of only really in the postscript that I found any sort of real difficulty spike. And I found that I could counteract that difficulty spike by going to Chocoletta, or whatever her name is, and uh, just buying a load of lightning marbles. And then I could just absolutely spam the hell out of Odin, spam the hell out of Leviathan, and they were the only two I was really having any difficulties with. Uh, other than that, you know, as long as you've got a Mega Behemoth, you're kind of going to be all right towards the end of the game. Um, so, yeah, Mega Behemoth for the win, people. Mega Behemoth. Um, just, yeah, it was just great. It was a bit too easy. My only complaint. Love the stack system. And it just kind of felt, the whole Final Fantasy thing just kind of felt a bit shoehorned in at the end. I think uh, I think Scott mentioned in last week's episode that they kind of were planning this as a different type of thing, but then decided to bring in all the Final Fantasy mirages and everything to go with it and the champions. And you kind of feel like if they had been a different type of champion, nothing to do with Final Fantasy, that had this almost like different type of story going into it where it wasn't connected with Final Fantasy at all, this game would have been outstanding. But I also really liked all the Final Fantasy references. I liked having, you know, Ultros as a uh, sub-boss that you could fight when you go into the g girls' tea room um, and all those sorts of things. You know, getting getting Leviathan. Uh, it was just very a very thoroughly enjoyable experience and a very funny game as well. It's not often a game actually, like, you know, sometimes I read some of the comedy in the games and it makes me smile. This is one of the few games where I actually laughed my ass off several times and I just thought it was great. The Flan joke, amazing. Um, every time Lan pulled out a honking honk, it was just great. And I just, yeah, it was just so good. The comedy really hit home for me. Maybe I've got the mind of a two-year-old and it just sat well, but you know such is life sometimes such is life but yeah um, i'll be back shortly because i want to give my scores um and i feel like i deserve it i went through the whole thing i am a host don't forget that i am a host guys you know i may not be a regular host but i'm still here and i still deserve to have my host scores read out scott rich don't deny me boys don't deny me anyway that's been team time for bill and i'll speak to you all soon bye denying bill is like my favorite pastime so um yeah, I don't like that he's telling me I can't today. Yeah, uh, I don't remember us agreeing to that. You know, he's a host anymore. But right, when did that uh, happen? I don't remember that. <laughs> I thought he <laughs> I'm kidding. He's still a host, everybody. I still love him. Um, yeah, we'll throw tea whenever we damn well please. Exactly. This is America. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, ready to get into the ratings, Rich? Let's do this.
Okay, so our categories today are story, combat, non-combat, visuals, audio, and overall feel. Also, our bonus category, final boss, which does not count towards the final score. And as uh, Bill alluded to just a minute ago in his tea time, he actually submitted a a short clip for each of his uh, scores. So we'll be including his score in our, our final rating today. So excited. (laughs) <laughs> all right um so we'll start off with story what, what, what do you think rich oh i was gonna type it out there but i missed it okay um two a two jesus I christ hated it it was terrible wow i don't I, I i'm sorry like it does have some some good moments to it it, it really does but i mean seriously the story dump at the end is really bad um it's just it can't you can't have a story like that. <laughs> well, you can, obviously, but then I, well, you, you can, but then you get a two, a two from Rich. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the law. RPG after years. This is the law. You got to have some good context story here. You can't just dump it all at the freaking end. Okay, sorry. I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, I'm gonna give it a six. Um, I, I do think it's not a particularly good story. I think it, it approaches the borderline between okay and bad. But uh, I think if I had given it any lower than this, it, it would like betray, like I didn't hate it, you know? So, um, I mean, you could still like this. You could still like the idea of the story and everything. It's just the way that it was. Eh. Yeah. Nope. Sorry. Okay. <sighs> Let's see what, uh, what Bill had to say. So the story of woof. Uh, it was okay. You know, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed mostly the character interactions. I thought they were really good. But um, as a story-wise, it was very, very confusing. And it kind of did all feel a bit shoehorned in at the end. Um, and, yeah, I feel like it was very late game heavy. And even still, a lot of it didn't kind of get fully explained, I assume, because they were trying to make maybe a sequel. Maybe that's coming down the line still. But yeah, like, you know, we didn't really know. You know, we knew that the twins opened up this weird gate and that the monsters came through. But, you know, there wasn't much else explanation of what those monsters were doing. Like, why is this guy trying to destroy universe after universe? It just didn't really make much sense. So I'm going to give it a solid six, I think. Yeah, six. All right. So I actually agree with Bill on something. Holy crap. But he makes a very good point. Why the hell were all these creatures and brainless trying to go from universe to universe destroying shit? It was talked about. <laughs> They're just That's evil. something that we should know. Yeah. By the way, as we listen to these these bill clips, help me listen for the score in case I miss it. So we don't have to listen again. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Combat. So combat. Okay. I actually had fun with this. I'm going to give it a seven. It okay. was a little bit of a different type uh, type of combat. You still had some of the ATV features. You still had some of the nice um, some of the spells and stuff that you're more accustomed to than any Final Fantasies. But it gave a nice little spin to it. I, I did not hate it, and it's Pokemon. Okay, um, hmm, I'm, I'm kind of teetering between a seven and an eight myself. Um, I think that the combat is mostly fine. I like that it's ATV. I like the stack setups. The only my only major gripe would be the maybe some of the capture mechanics and just the speed of it. If it, it could have been, it needed to be just a little bit zippier. Um, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't really have any major problems. I'm going to give it an eight. I think that's where the the game kind of makes up for the story in some ways. Okay, let's uh, hear from Bill. 
combat. Now, the combat was one of the better bits of the game. Uh, this was thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. I thought the stack system was a really good, fun idea. And it did make you think about it. So it kind of, every time you hit a, a brick wall, where, you know, in most games you'd have to go off and grind for a few hours, you know, <clears throat> to sky up. <clears throat> um, in this game, it was just kind of like, okay, what am I missing? What's going on? You just sort of have a look at your monsters, go, okay, maybe this will be effective, or this will be effective. Uh, like Leviathan. Leviathan just basically, when I first fought it, just one-shot me. And I was like, okay, all my stacks are weak to water. <laughs> so let's make myself strong <laughs> against water. And let's bring in some lightning bastards. And yeah, it did the trick. Um, so I thought it was really good. It made you think about what you had to do. Um, and yeah, I just love the fact there was no grind. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Okay, apparently Bill and I are the same person today. I, I don't like this. This is weird. <laughs> Non-combat. Go. <laughs> okay. So the interaction between characters, um, the, the conversations, the other features, the stack mechanics wasn't bad. I'm going to give it a six. That's pretty much all I got to say about it. Okay. Um, hmm. I'll give it a seven just because I think it's such very, I mean, it's good, but it's like right down the, the road. Like, you know, nothing particularly great, nothing particularly bad. I did like the Mirage boards, I guess. But as far as the exploration, um, it's mostly just very, very standard, you know. So, yep. Okay, Bill. Now, non-combat is a different story. So, you know, as a game, the characters controlled okay. Um, the ice puzzles weren't overly plexing and early on in the game, so you didn't have to worry about them too much. Uh, it's just, there just wasn't really much to it. I found it a bit boring, to be honest with you, the sort of interactions with the world. There was occasionally a chest somewhere we'd have to turn into a giant. Um, I think the big point where I'm going to give it a plus is getting to ride your mounts. That was great great fun and finding the mounts that moved faster as well because there was a behemoth but then also later on there was this little thing with wheels i never used it in battle once but i realized how quick it was on the map brilliant i could get through most screens of only maybe one two encounters fantastic it was called like a magna roller or something loved it so i'm going to give it a solid seven. Oh no <laughs> he Thank brings you. up a good point though because uh we didn't even talk about the mounting uh feature i, I didn't use it uh, I did. It, it was it was cool because it's like fun to like ride a Malboro around. <laughs> what other Final Fantasy? Okay, uh, visuals. If you guys match again on your rating for this one, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> it's getting a little too weird. Visuals. I didn't have any complaints to it. Oh my! So I didn't have any complaints at all. It. Um, yeah, you should totally. I, I seven. It, I didn't hate it. I thought it was great that the the backgrounds, the um, towns, towns per se, wasn't bad. I enjoyed it. Okay, I um, that I think this is one area where I think this game does pretty well. Um, the presentation value is really high in the game, as far as like the visuals and the audio and like the animation of the cutscenes and. Um, it's just like they they really like did their best to make this feel like a, a fully fledged Final Fantasy game as far as the presentation of it goes. And I think the game looks really good. Like the, the cutscenes look good. I like the art. I don't like the chibis, but I like the general art style, especially like when like the giant character models and stuff. Um, I'm going to give it an eight. I thought about even going as far as a nine, but it 
I guess because of the art style, it ends up not being that impressive, I guess. So you knocked it for the chibis style? Yeah, I don't like the chibis. <laughs> yeah, I'm with I, you on that one. I know that's not fair because that's like just the art style, but still. All right, let's see what Bill thought. So the visuals, so the graphics, um, <clears throat> not really kind of one of my favorites. I, I know I praised it earlier for its look, but they're kind of just added to the feel of the game. So the whole way the game was designed and feels was spot on, and the graphics really go along with that. Um, I actually didn't really like the fact that they made it kind of look like Final Fantasy areas, because then it was really off-putting. The towns were just so strange, like Nibelheim and and what was the other one? Um, uh, Besaid, like they the actual visual backgrounds of Nibelheim and Besaid were brilliant, but then you just kind of had these weird generic like RPG maker houses in the middle, and it was really kind of off-putting um the production value in this game was quite frankly off the charts for a handheld vita game you know i know it was also co-made for the ps4 but still they made it for the vita uh so i can't fault it too badly i'm going to give it a good nice round seven okay he gave you did match Ooh, i was about to have to leave the show forever in disgrace (laughs) okay Uh, uh audio Okay, so the audio, I had no problem with it. I thought the voice acting was done really well. Um, Lon and Rain sometimes fell a little flat, but Lon matched. Basically, the person who was doing doing Lon matched it very well. Um, Rain was okay, but all the other characters were good. I and then the the music itself, um, some of the old tracks that you that you heard were remixed to the to more modern. I liked it. I thought it was good. I'll give it an eight. Okay, cool. Um... I also thought that they did a good job with the audio. The soundtrack is pretty good. They have a lot of remixes of the old uh, uh, familiar Final Fantasy music, and I I like a lot of the remixes. And even some of the original music, like I really dug. Um, I like the main battle theme. I like uh, like the Ninewood Hills theme. It's pretty good. And then the voice acting is pretty... uh, It's usually on... it, It kind of varies based on who's talking, but the main cast is really good. Yes, Tom is annoying, but the voice itself is fine. I mentioned before, yeah. I thought that Lon and Rain, those voice actors did a really good job, especially Lon. Um, yeah, I don't really have too many complaints about the audio. It's just like, the sound, I wouldn't say the soundtrack is, you know, it's going to blow you out of the water necessarily either. So I'm going to give it an eight. And then let's see if Bill's opinion differed. And the audio of this game, I'm not actually that big a fan of. There was a lot of people really liking the various arrangements from different Final Fantasy games. But it kind of suffered for me for what a lot of modern video games suffer for is that they make the uh, music to be mostly background noise so you don't think about it. And I'm not a big fan of that. I like the old style where, you know, certain scores and things were made for each town and area where you really kind of felt that presence of the music, whereas it's more supposed to be modern. Like It's like modern day movies as well. They make it background music to add to the feeling of the scene rather than make it its own emotive thing. So I'm not a big fan. I'm going to give it a four. Oh, wow. He, uh, he did on that one. That's lower, lower than I was expecting. I don't feel like the music was particularly, uh, background, but I guess that's, I mean, we all get our, our own opinions on things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That brings us to overall feel. <laughs> okay. Because the lackluster story, because it was such a big convoluted mess, um, 
and various, you know, character developments, various um, points in the story was just dumb. Um, I'm, I'm giving it a five. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not amazing. It's not something that you would see behind the name of Final Fantasy. Um, you know, granted, each person will say that there's various degrees of Final Fantasy's like greatness, um, depending on the series of the game. But, you know, when you go into Final Fantasy, you're expecting some level of a story. This did not have it at all, and which really hurt it for me. So, like I said, I'm going to give it a five. I just remembered something. Um, this game actually came out only a couple months, I think, or so before Final Fantasy 15. Um, so that, that's interesting. But a lot of people said that they liked it better than FF15. So that's just a fun, fun thing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why they yeah. would say that. I mean, okay. I mean, that's but that's each their own. I, if some people liked it better. But you got to remember, too, is people were really hating on 15 for some that's reason. True. Now there are a lot of people coming out of woodwork going, you know, 15 wasn't that bad. Yeah. Just like they did with 13. Okay. Well, my overall feel, I'm going to give it a seven. Um, there are some things I really didn't like about the game, like the, how the story plays out, but I just do still think it's a fun game. And I, well, I wouldn't say I feel positive on it. I don't feel particularly negative on it either. I definitely like it more than Wild Arms. That's for damn sure. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to give it a, a seven there. And I, I doubt I'll ever play it again, to be honest, but I, I'm glad I did, more or less. Hey, it's on your checklist, right? You played all Final Fantasies. Exactly, and I was counting this one. Okay, and let's see where Bill landed. And now to my overall feel of the game. Uh, as I described earlier in my tea time, I had an absolute blast playing World of Final Fantasy. Uh, I, I know I've given it middling scores through the, through the way, but you know, I am comparing this to other a great... No, I'm comparing it to all the games I've ever played, and... Uh, in those effects, it's kind of middling. But as far as overall feel, I had a great time. And I'm really differing between 9 and a 10 here. Um, is it a 10? No, I don't think it is a 10. I think the story isn't quite good enough to make it a 10 out of 10. Story is paramount for me. So I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 for overall film. I loved it. It was a great experience. And I would happily play it again. I won't because I've got too many other bloody games to play. But I would happily play it again. I like how he basically said the opposite of what I said. I have one thing to say to that score, and it's... What the honk? <laughs> yep. I don't understand how he could give it a nine when he like gave some of the other categories you know, significantly lower scores. But, you know, I, I know that he really enjoyed it. So, to each their own. Oh, my God. I'm just... I got questions for him. When, you know what? We're going to have a discussion. We're going to talk <laughs> about... Yeah, we're going to talk about this. Um, so final boss. So again, remember, this is not a category that does count towards overall scores, but um, we just kind of talk about our overall feel of the final boss. Um, World of Final Fantasy. Brainless is the villain. He gets a one, in my opinion. He sucked. I don't, nothing. No, no animosity, no nothing. It's just Somebody- bad. Why do you feel that way? Because there's no okay with most Final Fantasy villain villains, you get some sur- surge, and I've talked about this before, of you know, okay, I know this is the bad guy. I need to take him out. I understand his motives. I understand like what's going on and what's going what what it needs to be done. With Brandless, I get none of that. Like to me, he's just a guy that's like, okay, he stands in my way. He okay. could be a like a bottom tiered uh villain in my opinion. Like, um, 
Yeah, he's really forgettable for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another Final Fantasy boss that you know does a better job. That's in a be- the, one of the worst, one of the lesser liked Final Fantasies. But like, he's just terrible. Yeah, yeah I don't like him. Like some kind of like the classic Gar- Garland style villain, yeah. almost. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, well, what did you think about the actual fight, though? But you're talking the combat, the very yeah. final battle, right? That wasn't bad. I mean, I still steamrolled it pretty quickly. There was no surprises. I was, I mean, you have two different versions of them, which you know is kind of standard for Final Fantasy. But I was half expecting, you know, with all the other Final Fantasies we played, to be a secret, you know, boss that we didn't know about that was pulling strings on the back end, like you know, the dad, yeah, or something. But it didn't. It had nothing. I'll so. give it a, a five myself, but for kind of the same reasons you were saying, not only is the villain mostly forgettable and boring, but the boss fight wasn't particularly challenging either. Cause I was OP at that point. Um, I guess I kind of liked the design of that second phase where he's like this in the middle of a giant nebula looking thing kind of, but yeah. other than that, it's like just nothing really to write home about with the final boss here. And then the last time we'll hear from Bill today, at least we hope, and finally, the final boss, uh, Bahum Thingy Majiggy Biggie 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 Biggie. Um, yeah, um, whatever he was, <laughs> it's like Bartandalus Bahamut something. <laughs> I don't know, um, but he was he was hard as balls, man. Like, yeah, he was really really difficult. Even using even using my tactic of, you know, pulling out Diablos, smashing a sh- ton of its health off with Gravity Four or whatever it was, and then having. Uh, behemoth monster come out and take the rest of it he was still a slog i had to re- it took me quite a long time to grind him down to eventually kill him and i think it took me two attempts maybe three you know i was massively unleveled because you know i didn't grind at all it's gonna use my favorite stack and yeah through a few through a few books i had left at him for those spells uh he was a bastard so i'm gonna give him a good solid seven out of ten for difficulty okay uh i'm surprised to hear that he had trouble with it but okay you know, I, did, I had no trouble with it at all yeah, I don't think I even dialed. Yeah. Ha uh-huh. ha. Oh, well. Okay, so we have calculated our scores here. Uh, Rich, do you want to read yours off real quick? Let's do this. So, story two, combat seven, non-combat six, visual seven, audio eight, overall feel a five, and final boss, a one. Uh, my subtotal is 35 out of 60, which gives me my total of 58%. Is that about right for how you feel about the game? Yeah, actually a little higher than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. My story is six, combat eight, non-combat seven, visuals eight, audio eight, overall feel a seven, final boss, which doesn't count, a five, making my subtotal a 44 out of 60, quite a bit higher than Rich's. Oh, yeah. uh, my final total, a 73%. What do you think about that? That's about right for me, I think. Um, okay. I, th- I thought maybe I would have ended up a little higher, or but um, I'm kind of glad I didn't, to be honest, because that's, you know, I want to be honest on this podcast. <laughs> yes. Bill says, uh, I gave story a six, combat an eight, non-combat a seven, visuals a seven, audio a four, overall feel a nine, and final boss a seven, which makes my subtotal 41 out of 60. Or a total of 68%. It's like he's here. <laughs> right? Um, so that actually brings the official final overall score for World of Final Fantasy from the RPG After Years to a 66%. 
I will say that uh, victory fanfare does not feel particularly appropriate for that score, but uh, <laughs> eh, it <laughs> what works. You, what you gonna do? Uh, do you think that's about right for the podcast, Rich? I think so. I think you know, even if we put Jay here, if he was gonna play this with us, I think he'd be about the same. I know he was liking it at the beginning, but then I think we were too. And then yeah. I, I don't think he got too much farther past the beginning after that. I think the story would have pissed him off. Yeah, for sure. Maybe. Or maybe he would be happy that Gracie would have uh, something she can connect with. I don't know. But like I said, it's more geared for younger crowds. So maybe she would have liked it. Yeah, we'll see. No, or I think we will see because I think he was playing it with her and still wants to finish it. Okay. Um, so just some stats real quick here. So as of today, which is July 6th, 2021 that makes uh world of final fantasy the new number 46 on our list of top rated games which is below saga frontier but above the final fantasy legend and if you want to count just the rpgs that's uh, our new number 28 if you want to go you know just rpgs as far as the rpg scale this is the system i use to um determine how much of an rpg this game is it scored a 275. You need a, a 100 to be uh, counted on this show as an RPG. This, that, is really a, this is really an RPG. Yes, for sure. <laughs> it tied with Final Fantasy VIII and Persona 5 Royal. Um, it's not as much of an RPG as Final Fantasy II at 290, but it is more than Final Fantasy VII Remake at a 205. So, yeah. Okay, so how do you, do you think that's like a good placement on our list, Rich? Yeah. I think so. I think it's a pretty good spot. It's pretty low down there, but I mean, it's not... I've seen a lot of differing opinions, but um, whatever. Yeah. Okay. This is our show. We got some listener feedback that we're going to try to get through here. Um, A couple of the listeners were pretty verbose, so I'm going to try to speed read while still adequately responding to the comments here. ROB says, Waff Waff, where to begin? I will start by restating what I said a few club reviews back that this is my favorite non-mainline FF game. The combat was a weird yet interesting style with the stacking mechanic. It was great finding different combinations. As for capturing mirages themselves, well, what could I ask for more than a Pokemon-style game, but of my favorite game series? Music-wise, this game had incredible remixes of the music from other FFs, and the original sounded good. I'm just not recalling if they ever did have English counterparts, which is a shame. I'm not sure what they mean by that. Uh... The art style was good. I enjoyed it, and I definitely want an anime of this show. Don't just tease us with cutscenes. I would probably watch an anime myself. Yeah, I would too. The characters take a little time to grow on you, if they do at all. I found myself liking Lon and his oblivious humor and arguments with Tama, and the thes actually didn't bother me. I think my brain just got rid of them, and I read the dialogue normally. Lucky. I wish I had that power. <laughs> I think I did. I think I did the same thing as him. I just ignored it. Hmm. Now for the bad. The story was horribly paced and just felt rather run-of-the-mill, which for appealing to a younger generation, okay, I get it. The bad guy's motivations were what again? That's what you said earlier, Rich. Yep. Not to mention they were barely developed, it felt. The world could have been more open. I mean, you're pulling from all these great games and have so many great locations to pull from, and don't tease me with Chibi Midgar and not let me actually explore it. That's a good point. I agree with that. The many games were shit, and that's all I have to say about them. What's the deal with it? (laughs) He wrote edna cross (laughs) (laughs) like it and the girl who forgot her name you don't need complete backstories but geez hand out something 
I had complaints about the FF characters, but after hearing part one of the review and how they selected them, I will toss them out and actually agree to use characters that make sense to your story. But man, you could have had a better story at times. It just fell flat. All in all, I love this game despite its flaws. It makes me want to catch them all, and I fully expect a remake and better telling of this story in the anime they will make after I bombard Square Enix with emails to make it five exclamation marks. <laughs> uh, ROB, don't you dare ask them for this because if they make out a remake for this one before they do a Final Fantasy 13 trilogy, I'm I'm going to just just scream. I mean, I could see a sequel maybe one day, but <laughs> bury this thing in the stories of forgotten time and never bring it back. Yeah. Well, thanks for that in-depth review, ROB. You want to take the next one? Yeah. Kai, um, they, them. Like what about this game was funny, a butt joke. This is definitely something my daughter would enjoy, provided she could get past the convoluted stacking and Pokemon system. I didn't make it far through the game, but the honking humor had me turned off as soon as I started it. I made it about four or five chapters in, but, before putting it down and doing something enjoyable. But you missed out so much, so much story. So much story. Okay, no, you didn't. You I, actually, I actually like the, the honks. Like, Never fine. Uh, it's funny to me. But yeah. <laughs> but I do agree with him that the humor is mostly, um, I don't care for it. It's yeah. a little bit too childish. Uh, JS, overall thoughts on the game. I would never have picked this game to play myself, though I'm glad we played it as now I'm enjoying helping my daughter play through it. That's adorable. Yeah, kids are playing it. They're playing with their parents. It's great. Yeah. Story was poorly paced. Just a constant ramble forward for 19 chapters with no plot questions answered. Then a major exposition jump on what's actually going on and a hectic sprint to the finish. Not a fan of Pokemon, but hiding Pokemon mechanics by wrapping them in Final Fantasy lore made the collecting and combat enjoyable. I agree with that sentiment. Wish I'd gotten into the interventions and Coliseum sooner than I did. The high-end mirages that were attainable made the game more enjoyable. I liked that there were a lot of different ways to build an overpowered stack-slash-party in the late game. The stack-slash-party tinkering for late game builds definitely hit some high notes for how I like to enjoy RPGs. So it sounds like Jay felt mixed, but in the end, positive about the game, based on what he can gather from that. All right, so our good buddy Brandon... Uh, World of Final Fantasy was fun, but overall, but all over the place. Uh, the story veers widely from quirky cameos to underdeveloped emotional moments. Very much agree with that. Yep. Uh, gameplay-wise, the strategy was non-extensive, uh, non-existent um, for the most of the game until you eventually find a stack that works, which then causes you to become stagnant until the end. While it was fun at times, the game was mostly a slog. Yeah. Agreed. That, that's uh, the, the main, one of the main problems, really, that maybe we didn't draw enough attention to. It, it feels like a huge slog. Like, it could have been, a third of it could have been cut out, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, so, he's got a few pros and cons here. So, pros, Final Fantasy cameos, monster collecting, chibi art style, main series references, soundtrack, and stacking mechanics. Cons, underexplored overarching narrative, stagnant gameplay, and uneven pacing. Yep. I think he and I are on... Same page here. Yep. Kazlo says, so it's funny. I just rewatched my reaction after I beat it a few years ago. Quote, this is 10 times better than it has any right to be. And this was the true Final Fantasy of 2016. I think I was trying to take a pot shot at FF15 at the time. <laughs> well, there you go. Nope. Nope. But, but seriously, I think the humor just clicked for me. And knowing 90% of the franchise, because I didn't know much about Crystal Chronicles, Type-0, or sequels, 
All the little nods hit me just right. It's all but is still a knee slapper for me. I think he's referring to the line where Snow calls that flying all but, which is, kind of went over my head. But Is he still taking a pot shot at 15? <laughs> it seems like it. but Because uh, we're going to have some words. Yeah, I don't know if his that first comment is like still how he feels now or what. It's like a fine wine. You got to let it age. <laughs> and then it, it becomes good. All right. So Frost. Uh, the game opens with a sense of whimsy, only to have it overwhelmed with humor fit for a five-year-old, not to be outdone. Last part of the game reads like a yeah, like a bad ya novel. Y-A novel. Y-A, what's that? Young adult. Young adult, gotcha. Okay, fair enough. Um, and the combat is fine, but painstakingly slow. Unfortunately, most of the good mirages are large. Uh, we're regulating our heroes to their shitty chibi forms most of the game. Uh, that's something we didn't bring up, but that is... Because uh, I like having them in their big forms because they look cool. Yeah. But then you don't get to use the the best mirages. Yeah, I got stuck with... That's how the reason why I stayed with the same mirage stack that I had. Yeah. Um, the, the towns, quote-unquote, if you call them that, were basically waypoints for fast travel. Uh, with little to explore to do otherwise. Dungeons and puzzles were, most, were mostly lackluster. Um, he gave us a... Uh, ratings here for he gave a story a five and non-combat a four combat a seven design a seven music a nine overall feel a six which gave it a 63 out of 100 so he's about right where we're at yeah let's see that's um, less than what i gave it but more than what you gave it kind of in the middle yeah, there yeah overall it's probably the fourth best kingdom hearts game when i read that line it kind of tickled me because it's it's kind of yeah. true <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> if, if uh, kingdom hearts was an rpg yeah exactly um, and that's it. Yeah, that's all the feedback. So thanks, everybody, for getting that feedback to me uh, so quickly. And we really appreciate you guys contributing and being a part of the show. Yeah. If, if you want to be a part of the show, you should do so on our Discord, which we'll talk about in mere moments. Anything else to say about Roll the Final Fantasy, Rich? I'm so glad it's done. <laughs> on to the next thing. Yeah, which is uh, Secret of Mana. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it myself, so... I guess we'll go ahead and move on to the outro. I still want to like get the hosts together and do like a choreographed uh, dance to that. <laughs> you know I can't dance, right? Well, we'll just give you the moves and you'll figure okay. it out. That's fine. Fair enough. Okay, so um, that again, that's going to be it for the review, and that's it for uh, this week's episode. We've finally concluded our journey through World of Final Fantasy. Rich, I know it says TBD there, but next week what we're actually doing is jay is actually planning this episode again jay will be back 
So it's going to be like an extended catch up and news episode. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's going to be interesting seeing where he's at in life and all that. So look forward to that. We'll probably maybe do something weird after that. I don't know. I'm moving. Life's crazy. I can. I bar- was barely able to record this tonight. So <laughs> I am not moving. So I'm staying here. Yep, you're in charge. Yeah, don't let it. No don't. Let- <laughs> um, as far as the RPG Club goes, one more reminder. Again, the current game is Secret of Mana. Checkpoint. Complete the Underground Palace. That's due Sunday, July 11th. Don't forget about hashtag JRPG July. Launch into our plugs. Rate and review. If you guys would be so kind, we would very, very much appreciate any kind of review you could give us on Apple Podcasts or, or maybe your podcatcher app has a review system. I know most of them don't anymore, but that just manipulates the algorithm to where more people can discover the show naturally beyond our our tentacles uh, currently. So <laughs> um, we'd really appreciate that. Perhaps an even better way to help up the show, check out our Patreon you get all kinds of benefits, whether it be early episode access, ad-free episodes, access to all our extra reviews, uh, and you get to participate in the RPG Club, uh, which nominations and voting. So you get to help determine what game gets picked. Of course, we're playing Sacred of Mana for a while now, so that'll be it's a ways off. But there's that and lots of other benefits. Rich is posting weird shit there lately. That's a I gotta page. do another side quest. Yeah, you do patreon.com slash rpg after years all right speaking of some of the things we do here we also stream our episodes on twitch every sunday usually at 9 a.m eastern um lately it's been a little bit in during the week but you still catch us at twitch.tv forward slash rpg after years come join us it's probably going to be a week not next week as well so um just keep your ears to the ground on our twitch and our discord and all that folks if you're interested, you can get some sweet, sweet show, show swag, uh, stuff with our logo and album art on it, all kinds of neat gadgets and gizmos, coffee mugs, posters, t-shirts, most things that you can think of that you might want to want a logo on. We have it. So Your man thongs, stuff ex- like that. Exactly. That's uh, redbubble.com slash people slash RPG after years slash explore. All right. Talking about rate and review us. If you have any questions business concerns um anything you want to give us on episode ideas you can email us the sh- email the show at rpg after years at gmail.com uh i don't think we've had any emails in a while so it's still open quite in dust an email and, yeah. and spam <laughs> yeah that, there you go so email us come do that hop on the discord you can uh, talk to us there freely we have all kinds of fun convos uh, spicy takes flying around all the time that piss me off, and then I go get my I get butt hurt, you know that type of thing. And then he talks to me. Yeah, so. C- console me, Rich. Yeah. <laughs> the link to that can be found in the show notes or our pinned tweet on Twitter. We, if you don't, are not already in there, we'd love to have you. Speaking of Twitter, you can find the show at RPG Years. Don't forget, Bill is doing the uh, the polls there lately. We retweet all kinds of uh, RPG related news as well, and. All that stuff. It's fun. And you can find me at the Scott Spot. You can find me at HailBlue1569. And if you really want to, Bill's out there too at Matunica. Yes. With two ends. With two ends. That's going to be it for episode 70. We finally, we can close the proverbial Ultima Gate on uh, 
roll the Final Fantasy. We're done. We don't have to think about it or talk about it anymore. Thank God. <laughs> we'll catch you guys next time for episode 71. But until then, I'm Scott. And I'm Rich. Bye. Bye. Turn those corners up. Damn it. What the honk? What the and- honk? <laughs> and forget about this game forever. For the rest of your life. has been slain the world has been saved our heroes are basking in the afternoon afternoon rest in the tavern for all to hear the tale of victory and conquered fears revel in the peace that reigns through the land After years.